This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Strategy at Acadia. And today I'm doing a recap and a reprise, if you will, of a live learning event that I did with Stratably a couple of weeks ago. And Stratably is a research and insights firm run by Ross Derringer. We've collaborated a lot on content and events like this, and Stratably is running a series of monthly learning labs throughout 2023 that are free to attend, really positioned for a advanced e-commerce audience. And I've had the honor of presenting at a couple of these learning events this year, and there are many, many events from other people in the industry on topics around from content on Amazon, which we're going to talk about today through to Amazon Marketing Cloud, lots of advertising topics, definitely not built for the beginner, but advanced high signal, low noise sessions. So I definitely recommend that you check out the Stratably Live learning sessions. And I'm going to recap the session that I did a couple of weeks ago about new and exciting ways to leverage brand and product content on Amazon. So I will say that this topic by definition is visual. It's a visual topic. We're talking about product content. We're talking about Amazon stores. So I'm going to, you know, present as best as possible about the concepts here, but I really do recommend that to get the examples and to get some ideas and, you know, what does best in class actually look like I recommend that you check out our swipe file that we developed at Acadia, a swipe file of Amazon product and store content that is really best in class. We go through A-plus content, brand story modules, storefronts, and also sponsored brand video and share two to three examples of best in class content for each of those pages or modules. And I find that that is, as I'll share a little later in the episode, one of the best ways to engage internally on the importance of content is to actually show an executive what best in class looks like, whether that is a direct competitor or outside of your category, just pulling up, especially on mobile, a product page and saying, this is what A-plus content is. Can you see what I'm talking about here? So anyway, the swipe file is really a great resource that you can access and see some of that best-in-class content just to give you some ideas, to give you something to talk about. And we also break down like why is this technique working or what is this brand doing here? So head to acadia.io on the resources tab of the website. We have our swipe file listed there. So let's dig into this topic here. I'm going to start with why brands feel like they underinvest in content. 
So I ran a, a quick poll on LinkedIn a couple of months ago asking, do you feel like your brand invests adequately in content on Amazon? Yes or no? And if no, why do you feel like you're underinvesting? So over 85% of respondents and most of my followers on LinkedIn are brand side marketers and, you know, solution providers and agencies and the like. So answering on behalf of their clients. So like 85% of respondents said we underinvest in content. And when I dig into that, about 60, 70% said it's because it's really difficult to prove ROI with content. About 20% of people said we don't have the funding and about 20% said it's not a priority. So I think, you know, don't have the funding and difficulty proving ROI are not exactly the same, but definitely related. You're not going to secure the funding if you can't prove ROI of content. So this is sort of the jumping off point for this conversation, which we're going to get into to talk about how can you prove the ROI of enhanced content? And I've got lots of ground to cover here. The answer is maybe not what you expect, by the way. (laughs) So first of all, I think the very best conclusive research that's being done on this topic is from Profitero. And chances are, if you've been around in the industry for a while, you've seen this data But there is a report that Profitero launched and have updated the last couple of years called The Impact of Improving Content. You can find that just if you Google it. And they found that across, I think this is like 4,000 product pages, looking across sales, traffic, and conversion rate, Profitero found a marked increase in all of those dimensions, sales, traffic, and conversion rate when product content was improved. So that included adding videos when there were none previously, adding one to eight images, if the baseline was one or more images, and then finally adding enhanced or A-plus content. So I'm not gonna rattle off all of the numbers because there are a lot here, but just as a headline, sales improve 36% when adding videos sales improve 26% when adding more images and sales improve 25% when adding A plus or enhanced content. And then we also see improvements in traffic and conversion rate for all of those dimensions as well. So this is a good data source, very credible, big sample size, and it shows us that there is ROI in improving product content. Now, what we can't see from this data is the quality of that content. So this was just looking, did you have this content, yes or no? And then looking later, did you have this content, yes or no? It doesn't speak to this question of quality or fit, or is this the right message? Are we targeting, you know, is this messaging aligning with our target audience? Those things are very difficult to measure, especially at scale across 4,000 product listings. So that's one thing that this data does not help to validate. And secondly, this comes back to our own issues at Acadia even, 
presenting the why, the case of why to our clients to invest in product content, we have all kinds of anecdotal evidence to suggest that improving product content improves sales. It improves advertising performance as well, better click-through rate, better conversion rate on ads. We see this all the time, but actually nailing down, proving incremental ROI is very difficult because there is always other stuff going on. So truly incremental ROI is hard to measure because of externalities. So running ad campaigns, the time of the year. So if we measure you know, conversion rate before and after prime day, well, that is going to be very different or around seasonal events that impact your business like Father's Day, back to school, summer period versus winter if you're seasonal. So time of year. Inventory out of stocks. This is a killer. And we did have a client where we did a big optimization project for, felt great about it. Client was very happy with it. But the results in terms of the metrics were mixed. So looking at these results, I'm like, surely we would have seen a increase across everything here, conversion rate, click-through, sales, everything. And it was kind of mixed. When I asked why, it was because the client had run out of inventory throughout the before and after period. And we just couldn't compare before and after very well. We also have price changes, you know, over the past two years, especially many brands have put price increases through. So that's going to change your sales figures <laughs> for the better. And then we also have discounting that might happen around events. We have lost buy box issues as well. So your sales will be affected by that. And then, you know, any variety of other tests and learns happening, whether that's with advertising or trying and experimenting with all these different tools and capabilities that Amazon is presenting all the time, which we are always inclined to do if we have that option. I share these externalities to show that even with this Profitero data, which is big sample size, seems quite conclusive, there is a little part of me that's kind of skeptical because if you're adding videos, more images, adding enhanced or A-plus content, chances are that is not the only thing that you're doing to optimize your Amazon sales channel. When a brand comes to us at Acadia, very rarely are we just working on optimizing their content. We're also working on the promotional strategy, the advertising, improving their operational metrics and making sure that they're in stock and winning the buy box more frequently. So optimization usually occurs alongside other improvements and changes. And is that's why it's so difficult to isolate. So I don't want to say it's not worth measuring and you shouldn't be taking a benchmark and a before and after and so that you can show the improvement in these metrics. What I am saying is there is sort of a leap of faith required to get on board with this. It is not like advertising where, yes, there are externalities, but we're much more easily able to isolate those externalities when we're looking at 
a return on investment type of metric. So that's sort of setting up the challenge inherent with looking at an ROI improvement. So I want to suggest a number of other arguments around optimizing product and brand content, which taken together help to paint more of a picture beyond you know, looking at conversion rate of ACE and A before and after optimization. Okay, so the first logic argument here is that Amazon believes in content. I started in this industry back in 2015 when A plus pages were only available to vendors and they had to pay thousands of dollars per page for A plus content. 3P sellers were trying to get into that. I don't know if anyone out there listening remembers Vendor Express, but there was this sort of poor man's version of Vendor Central called Vendor Express, where if you got into that program, you could access a couple of different advertising capabilities and A-plus pages. So that was the once upon a time of brand content on Amazon. There was basically for 3P sellers a plain text product description, and you could add five images. No videos, no brand content, no stores, and that was it. Some sellers would try and sneak in some HTML into their product description, but that was against the rules, and sometimes those products would get suspended. So over time, we've seen then enhanced brand content or EBC roll out to sellers. Then we saw Amazon stores roll out for vendors. Then we had the Amazon brand registry 2.0, Amazon Spark, A plus pages now free for 1P vendors, enhanced brand content for sellers, then allowing video, 360 spin images, Amazon Live, Amazon Posts, the ability to navigate to brand stores from PDPs and going on and on. I created a pretty neat looking timeline of all of these so you can see this march, a steady march by Amazon to add more content capabilities, not just for vendors, but for sellers over time. And you think about the bandwidth required to create first the upload capability for this and then hosting it and then delivering that content. And this is high resolution content, videos, all these images that costs Amazon money to host and deliver to millions and millions of shoppers every day. So I like to look not just at what Amazon says, but what they do. And this is a very clear demonstration to me that Amazon really believes in content. It started out being expensive, limited, and now it is free and extensive, even though it costs them a lot of money. So that is argument number one for content. Argument number two, this is being discussed a lot. I'm not going to get into a ton of detail. It makes sense to people. And that is that the digital shelf is 
the online version of an in-store experience. And if you're a brand, you know, particularly CPG brands, this really resonates. In stores, you will be trying to get the best place on the shelf that you can afford through, you know, trade spending. You're going to be investing in end caps and signage and things like that. So showing up with a great thumbnail for your product, having better pack shots, whatever it is, whatever is relevant in your category, this is your digital equivalent to how you're showing up on the shelf. This is your product packaging. This is your in-store signage. So sometimes that comparison helps to make the case here that, you know, if you're really investing in those things in stores, but not online, there is a mismatch there. Logic argument number three, the showrooming effect. So I do this. I'm sure you do it as well. You go to a store, you're comparing a couple of items. You need help making a decision. You pull up Amazon on your cell phone. Are you looking at product reviews by other customers, looking at the brand's content? And these, I might transact in the store that day because I want that product. It's an impulse buy or I need it right away. And I'm simply just like validating my decision from my phone. This has been happening for a long time. It's called showrooming. And there was a good study from Numerator in 2021, which found that 53% of Walmart shoppers made an Amazon purchase within a day of shopping in store at Walmart. And it was a very similar number for Target and Costco shoppers who made an Amazon purchase within a day of shopping in store at those retailers. 38% of Target and Costco shoppers made an Amazon purchase within a day. So two things are happening here. One is you go to a store, you buy it later online on Amazon for whatever reason. It's cheaper, it's more convenient, it was out of stock in the store, whatever reason that was. So it's important to have the digital shelf presence for that, I guess. But then also this showrooming effect of, There's lots of people who are checking out your product pages or your store on Amazon and transacting through other channels. And that's very, very difficult to measure because even, you know, an individual consumer, that's probably happening at such a subconscious level that if you polled them, they wouldn't even be able to say whether or not that happened reliably. But this is happening. We've all done it. And so that is another important reason to invest in content because you're helping in-store shoppers make decisions to buy your product or be, you know, whisked away by a competitor with more compelling and relevant and up-to-date content. Logic argument number four for investing in product and brand content on Amazon is that Amazon is working on generative AI search. There's numerous press articles talking about job postings from Amazon that they're building an AI-powered conversational experience, which may or may not tie directly into Alexa, but you know every text box on the internet where you can search for something is about to become powered by AI. It's just Instacart is already doing it. Amazon is already summarizing product reviews with AI. I'd love to hear from anyone 
who disagrees with me on this because I feel very strongly Amazon is going to build a AI search capability on the app, on the web to help people find the products they're interested in. If I'm searching for gluten-free dog food, it's not going to always be who, you know, the same system we're used to now where, you know, it's all about keyword optimization within a product listing and how many times your product has converted on that keyword previously and bidding on those search terms as well. That's the current system. The AI system a lot of the inputs are going to be the same. It's still going to want to serve high converting products, products that have recently converted for that search term and converted at a strong rate. So it's a very, it's a good signal to Amazon to serve that product. And of course, there will be ads in there <laughs> in some shape or form. But if you think about where this is going and that there's going to be an AI component, Amazon is going to be sourcing the results from content that is shared by the brand as well as from consumers. So this is sort of a rallying cry around if you don't have this content that Amazon is going to be indexing for AI, which is all of you know the standard stuff really, product attributes, who is it for, is it gluten-free, you know, is it grass-fed beef that you're using in your dog food? All of these things must be in the product listing so that Amazon can index it right now with standard search and in the future for AI. So I think that's worth really thinking about, you know, what does that future look like as, you know, and we're all guessing here, but what's that future likely look like and how can you prepare for it? And finally, logic argument number five for investing in premium product and brand content is that it's what your competitors are doing, including those random factory brands. Talked a little bit about random factory brands in the past. If you haven't heard about it, it's those brands, we've all seen them, that have unintelligible brand names. BMJL is one that we uncovered a few months ago, who is an apparel brand killing Nike and Under Armour in the women's running shorts category and a number of other categories as well. But they have literally twice the share of sales in the running shorts category as Nike and Under Armour. And it's not just because they're doing great content and showing lifestyle images and, you know, really good display of feature and benefits and They're doing good stuff with product content. They're also doing other things as well. They're doing a great job of PPC also. But when you go to a BMJL product listing, it's got everything that you need. And conversely, when we look at Under Armour, for example, who really should be, you know, the benchmark of that category, they are not using A plus in as many, they're not maximizing A plus in the same way that BMJL is. BMJL is using premium A+. That takes some effort to put together. That takes some investment and Under Armour is not. So if you think about the customer experience, as people see more of this rich content from all types of brands, including these random factory brands, it just comes to be what you expect when you land on a product page that I'm going to have 
a video. I'm going to have a video of someone wearing these shorts and showing me how they look when they turn around. And so if that expectation is not met by a brand or a product, maybe I'm going to start to second guess that as a consumer. So that's it for the five logic arguments of investing in premium content on Amazon. I want to just recap with some ideas around getting buy-in because this is one thing I hear a lot from brand side marketers is around this adoption and you know the ROI. How can I get buy-in for this? I know it's important. I can see the conversion rate improve. I can see our ads would improve if we had better thumbnails or you know all of these things. We, you believe it. I truly believe most people that I speak with on the brand side who are you know, e-commerce directors or e-commerce managers get it, but it's really sort of telling the story and helping to convince the organization that this is important, particularly if the organization has more of that traditional wholesale business model. These kind of investments are new and you've got to create the story. So first thing is to design a scorecard to measure baseline performance and compare when pages are fully optimized. Understanding the limitations, which I shared at the top of the show, okay, you can't manage all these externalities. There's going to be some caveats in your data there, but get started with that. Use that Profitero data to see, okay, if we add A+, plus, the standard industry benchmark is a 10% improvement in conversion rate. What would that mean? And Profitero's report actually gives category level data too. So I highly recommend checking that out and considering it a starting point. It's aggregated, there's externalities in there, but let's start somewhere. So second sort of tip to get buy-in from executives here is educate. Translating these concepts into terminology that the C-suite understands so, you know, share of voice equals shelf space in a store, things like that. So that can be helpful. Looking at leading KPIs. So I think as a general rule, so many brands and particularly executives are attached to ROAS because we can compare it across channels. It's easy to calculate. It's just a mentally quick framework to look at when you're, you know, you're a CMO and you're looking at 15 different marketing channels. And so it's looking at ROAS is, is just like, you know, putting your thumb in the air and checking the direction of the wind. But we all know that it's more complicated than that. So what I recommend is instead of ROAS, which is very much backward looking, looking at some forward looking metrics and projecting out how some improved traffic improved conversion rate could factor into that ROAS metric. So what goes into ROAS, you know, cost of acquisition and product price, how does conversion rate and traffic factor into that cost of acquisition and sort of pulling that calculation out. And then tip number four, this is a good rule in general for us e-commerce marketers is demonstrate everything using mobile first. So different studies show different percentages here, but a good majority of sales and traffic on Amazon happen on the app or happen in a mobile environment. And I think myself included, (laughs) 
We don't always do a good job of showing mobile first, but that is certainly how most shopping activities happening, especially if you think about that showrooming effect that I mentioned before. So as much as possible, try and show stores, product pages, sponsored brand video, which was only available to see on mobile for a while as well. Anything that you demonstrate, try and show up mobile first because that is really how people are seeing it. So that's it. Those are my five logical arguments for investing in Amazon product and brand content besides doing your own benchmarking and scorecards, which you should also do. I hope you'll check out our swipe file, which shows some great examples of the best in class content that's out there on amazon.com. I thank you again for tuning into the show. Please subscribe to the podcast and then you'll receive the next episode next week. I appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time.